They kept babying him for the next few days, to the point that he feared he might snap. Thankfully that never came however, and as the term slowly came towards its end, his team started to get used to the idea that he wasn't going anywhere, no matter how much he would have liked it. Yang stopped trying to dress him, Blake stopped staring at him when she thought he wasn't paying attention, and Weiss's questions became less about what had happened, and more about what they were going to do next semester. Ruby kept cheering whenever she saw him, however, and he still caught her smiling at him every conceivable opportunity she had. There should have been a law against so much good-natured cheer. It was enough to make his teeth rot. Much like the girls had said before, their lessons towards the end of the semester seemed to become more lax, the teachers covering topics as usual but not actively assigning any homework over it, likely because the team's work had already been marked and graded. He would have been more pleased about that if the drying up of Weiss's sympathy had meant she was forcing him to start work on everything he had already missed. <sighs> Damn you, Weiss. One thing he'd forgotten about, however, was his detentions of Miss Goodwitch. That proved to be the costly mistake since no one missed one of those, and the first reminder he had of it was when the door to their dorm burst open, and he started to float off the ground. Mr. Ark, the stern woman said as though talking to a teenager suspended upside down in the air was a regular occurrence. The worst part was that with her, it might just have been. Galinda? Jean nodded back, catching her narrowed eyes at the familiar form of a dress. Ah, uh, Miss Goodwitch. Why stepped forward, freezing for a second when the woman turned to stare onto her, no doubt wishing she hadn't drawn attention to herself. His partner swallowed and firmed her expression which was actually quite impressive given how legendary the deputy's glares were. Is there anything we can help you with, Miss Goodwitch? Your partner failed to show her for his detention. The woman said, making Jean's eyes widen as he finally remembered what Osborne had said. In all honesty, he'd completely forgotten about them. Though from the look on everyone's faces, they clearly thought it was just him pushing his boundaries again. I will be taking him there directly to ensure he does not get lost en route. Ah, <sighs> Jean. Weiss groaned, rubbing her face. Jean's eye twitched as she waved one hand, almost in a take him away gesture. So much for team unity. Or was it just that not even team loyalty dared fly in the face of Galinda Goodwitch? I can walk on my own, by the way. I understand that you were still recovering still, Mr. Ark. It would be remiss of me to risk furthering your injuries. I might believe that. Jean sighed. If I wasn't being carried through Beacon upside down. I had a concussion a few days ago, you know. We had a warehouse district a few days ago, you know. Jean snorted. <laughs> so you do have a sense of humour. He said, impressed despite the situation. The older woman was apparently less so since she accidentally banged him against the door as she passed through it. You would probably be a lot more approachable if you let that show. Mr. Ark, I do not require advice on how to be a better person. Not from you, of all people. Ow. That stings, Galinda. You shall survive, unfortunately. She whispered that last part, Though once again he couldn't help the amusement he felt at hearing it. It was small, but it was definitely there. 
that undeniable hint of sarcasm and cynic sense of humour, hidden beneath the hard stares. He liked the Linda Goodwitch, as much as none would have guessed given his behaviour. In a world of deceit, hidden agendas and monsters, she was something you could rely on. Over hundreds and thousands of repeats, she never changed, as unyielding as the ocean itself. It was just unfortunate for her that the same discipline and focus he so admired was also the best chance of him getting expelled. So now that you've carried me to your office late at night, are you finally going to ravage me, Galinda? Jean glanced about the room she brought him to, a rather small office with a single desk and chairs arranged about it, from the plain decor to the overly neat way pens were arranged on the table. The room seemed to fit her. She sighed and walked over to the desk, sitting behind it as the power holding him up dissipated. Instincts kicked in as he tried to correct his fall, only to realise his muscles weren't quite fast enough when his face impacted the wood. I shall not dignify that with a response. Galinda poured herself some water from a jug, not even bothering to look at him as he dragged himself up off the ground. For the record, I didn't actually intend to skip your detention. I forgot, accidentally. I know, Mr. Ark. She said, and his eyes widened as he wondered how. Even you would not be foolish enough to do that. I'd consider that arrogance if it wasn't true. John thought as he sat down on one of the chairs opposite her. There didn't seem to be anything he was supposed to do, be it filling in pointless questionnaires, doing extra homework, or writing on the board. She didn't criticize him as he sat, either instead pouring out a glass for him. Jean slipped lightly, watching her watch him. The first semester has come to an end, I will admit. I did not expect you to be staying for a second. She said after a long pause, Meh, I'm just full of surprises. He said, rolling his eyes. She knew the truth of his enrollment and his reluctance. He didn't doubt for a second that she also had a suspicion as to why he was acting like he did. That you are, Mr. Ark. The woman agreed. You can imagine my surprise when I heard one of my students had stolen a bullhead to joyride across a veil. And then my surprise when I heard he had also opened fire and burned down an industrial district. Okay. When she put it like that, he couldn't help but wince. He wouldn't even regret ever saving Blake. At the same time, the extent of the damage had been a little bit higher than expected. That's putting it lightly. I'm glad Osman didn't feel the need to tell me the damages in line. But tell me, Jean, and it was the first time she called him by his name. Why wasn't I surprised when I heard the name of said student? <laughs> Whoops. He wasn't that famous, was he? Nor, as curious as it sounds, was I surprised to hear that you had successfully managed to rescue Miss Belladonna. She looked over the top of her glasses as she said that, green eyes piercing into his. Despite their relative age, and by that he meant his vastly older age, he was the first to look away. What did she mean by that? Were you surprised that I went in the first place? He asked. Curious despite his desire not to be, yes. Her immediate answer made him cringe. It was I who petitioned for your removal from Beacon. 
I did not believe you had the drive to become a hunter. But more than that, I did not believe you had the right mentality. She didn't think he cared enough about anyone. He suddenly felt tired, a yawn threatening to slip past. The clock on the wall slowly ticked on, heralding the silence between them as neither was quite sure what to say. Miss Goodwitch, for her part, continued to inspect him, eyes roving across his face in a manner that might have made his blood race in any other situation. Miss Belladonna will not soon forget the events that took place at the docks. Not only did she nearly die, but through her actions two other almost lost their lives as well. Such responsibility is not something we wish to put students through so early. She'll be fine, Jean said, because he knew it to be true. She would be up and risking her life to chase Torchwick the moment they were back off holiday. I hope so, Mr. Ark. It would be a shame to lose a promising huntress because of something like this. Situations like this tend to come up with the older students, once they have undertaken a few of the harder missions. The mind struggles to cope with failure, more so when one's confidence or faith has been shaken. All of the staff here are at least mildly trained in counselling. Should she ever require it, given her unique situation, I'm sure Dr. Oblock would be willing to speak with her should she wish it. His stance on Faunus is well known. I'll be sure to tell her. Jean said, even though he knew she would never agree to it. In truth, he couldn't help but think Blake was in a desperate need of a little help too, though that wasn't limited to this timeline. She was always like that, running into trouble and obsessing too much on the White Fang and what they had done. But he knew she would never accept that, unless so aid from the older generation. Like so many other Faunus, she had lost faith in it. I can't promise she'll agree, but I'll let her know. Thank you. The teacher nodded. Did you realize that your weapons had been returned to you? The question caught him off guard, and it must have shown for the woman chuckled lightly. I suppose you did not realize they were even missing. Given how abruptly your duel with Roman Torchwick ended, you lost your weapon in the fight if you recall, as did Miss Belladonna and Mr. Wukong. He had, now that he thought about it, Roman and he had gotten too close, at a distance where Kurokamor's long blade would have been more of a hindrance. He hadn't had a knife at the time, so dropping it to distract Roman before killing him with his hands had been the obvious choice. Jean hadn't even thought to pick it back up afterwards. Once the fires were under control, Oblock and I returned to the scene to gather what evidence we could. Naturally, the activities of Torchwick are of importance to us. While we were there, Dr. Oblek had the good fortune to spy Miss Belladonna's weapon. That reminded me that we had found you without yours, so we broke off the investigation to find it. That was... kinda sweet, actually. It was practical too, of course, since your hunter weapons tended to not only be expensive, but also more dangerous than other ones. You didn't want to leave some kind of crazy weapon lying around, especially if it turned out to be a hammer that turned into a grenade launcher or something. You found my sword? He asked, surprised at how much the idea of losing it frightened him. His father wouldn't care in the slightest. In fact, his family would have traded it for his safety long ago. But through everything that had taken place, through all the repeats to the point that he had forgotten how it all started, 
Kurokamors had been with him. We did. Along with Mr. Wukong's weapons. After checking them for damage, we returned them to your lockers. It is safe and sound. Jean slumped in his seat, breath escaping him in a rush. <sighs> Thank you. Consider it my returning the favor. The woman said. Jean's face twisted with confusion. What favor did she mean? He didn't think he had done anything to help her. At least not in this life. She simply shook her head. Regardless, I also wanted to make you aware that next semester, you will need to attend a few mandatory sessions with Dr. Oblek. I thought my detentions were only until the end of this semester. Mr. Ark, I think we are both aware you'll be earning your fair share of detentions next semester too. He would have liked to argue, but he could only shrug. She was right after all, since he still needed to convince them to expel him. But for Dr. Oblek, these will not be detentions. Huh. What then? Jean asked. Miss Goodrich sighed and leaned back, crossing her arms beneath her breast. When we found your weapon, we also found the remains of the White Fang you had fought with. Many of them were killed in the explosion Torchwick caused, but... There were a few of them with wounds attributed to your weapon, Mr. Ark. Jean nodded. Unsure what she was getting at, the woman sighed once more. <sighs> Fatal wounds? She stared at him, as she said that, making him blink for a second before raising one brow. Um, I know? He said, when it was clear she expected an answer. He ought to, since he'd been the one to kill them. There was no use hiding that, not since she already knew. Either way, it wouldn't have mattered. The law would rule on his side in this exchange, especially since they had been conducting illegal action, and even as a student, he was technically certified as a hunter in the eyes of the legal system. But why the sessions? Those sessions are mandatory for any student who was forced to take a life. Miss Goodwitch said. Was it his imagination? Or did she almost seem resigned about it? There is nothing I can do to change that, nor is there anything I would do. Oblek will be in touch with you next semester to arrange them. I am simply making you aware, Mr. Ark. Well, um... Thanks for letting me know, then. It would be annoying, he supposed, but not exactly a life-threatening problem. It even made sense they would have rules like that. He knew from experience that Beacon also had a mandatory session if he lost a teammate, too. He hadn't really gotten through those, since to him, the repeats were a chance to make sure he didn't lose anyone. He would not settle for anything less than protecting them all. And so... He had promptly killed himself in those cases where someone had died. Is there anything else you need me for? It's... been an hour already. She waved her hand in dismissal, letting him stand up and move away from the desk. All in all, it hadn't been so bad, though we could imagine how frustrating Dr. Oblek would be in a week or so. For he could leave, however. A voice stopped him. I was not surprised. If you were interested... Jean turned to look at her, when I found their bodies, and your blade beside them. She balanced her elbows on the desk, hands linked before her face. I should have been, and yet I was not. I'd not doubt for a moment that you had not done it. Jean shrugged awkwardly. He wasn't sure what to say. Why should she have doubted it when Kurokamors was right there? He couldn't have left a bigger calling card if he had tried. 
She could have asked too, and he would have freely admitted it. I realize that I am not the most approachable of people, Mr. Ark, but should you feel the need to speak to someone, know that my door will be open. It is open to all students, no matter how troublesome they are. Jeanne laughed. That was so like her that he didn't doubt it for a second. She cared about her students, from Piero Nickus to Cardon Winchester and everyone in between. Many were the times he had seen her die as well, always standing before a number of wounded students. Jean nodded to her. Thank you. I'll keep it in mind. But he wouldn't have to. As the door clicked shut behind him, he wondered if he had ever been a person who felt intimidated by death. Once upon a time, maybe. He couldn't remember. But theoretically, he had to have been. Even though he could not remember it. He knew in the back of his mind that he had been useless when it all started. A burden to his team and friends. That was all he could recall. But it made sense that he would have been naive back then too. He couldn't remember when that had changed. So long ago it had occurred. Any action he did could be undone. Any death he caused could be reversed. The White Fang that had died this time might live the next. Though whether that meant they'd die to him later? He neither knew nor cared. There hadn't been any hesitation when he cut them down because he had been killing for hundreds of years. It simply didn't affect him. So long as the people he loved survived. Will you hurry up already? Yang yawned as Weiss pushed her from behind, propelling the blonde down the corridor with Blake and Jean in tow. Their leader looked as tired as she felt, and how could they not when Weiss had woken them up at 6 in the morning for this? Yang Xiaolong didn't operate at 6. No one operated at 6. Walk. You should be excited for this. <sighs> Weiss. I don't think anyone is excited about this. Yeah, I'm excited. The girl snapped, which didn't surprise her at all. She kind of meant no normal person when she had said that. Of course, Weiss would actually care about their end of semester grades and rankings. They didn't even count for anything. Other than for people to get a grip for where they needed to improve. She could have still been in bed right now, snuggling into her warm blankets. The beautiful image was torn aside as something ice cold crept up her bare legs, making Yang yelp. She glanced down in time to see the literal ice slowly cracking away, then up to what would soon be a dead girl. You were about to fall asleep again, Wise said, sheathing her fancy pants toothpick with a pleased smile. Knowing our grades and ranking is an important part of approving ourselves, you should give this the importance it deserves. You don't see Blake complaining. Yang looked back, grinning a little as she saw the almost comatose look on her partner's face. Blake was doing her best zombie impression, likely walking along with nothing more than instinct alone. Jean staggered beside her, the two looking like cow faunus for a moment in the way they followed Wise half asleep, like a herd of cattle on some great migration. Fine. Fine. <sighs> I'm awake now. Yang patted her legs to warm up, letting out a suffering sigh as she watched Wise try and rouse Jean into action. Their semester scores and ranking systems were something they've been made aware of in a recent lesson with Professor Port, one of the few to actually contain useful information and not crazy tales. From what Yang had gathered in it, it wasn't something exactly that detected or changed anything about your education, but more of a report card that ranked you both on your academic and practical skills, 
with comments on how to improve. It also showed where you scored in terms of rank so that you could know where you stood. Beacon wasn't like normal schools. In a way, grades meant very little. You either graduated and became a hunter, or you didn't. The differences between being the best in class and being the worst were meaningless, so long as you graduated. That was why she didn't give two hoots about it, to be honest. If her dad wasn't going to be hunting her down over it, and he wasn't because there she'd made sure to pick up the slack towards the end, then it didn't matter. It was only the competitive people and teachers' pets, people like Weiss, who actually cared about it. So it came as absolutely no surprise that when Team Jazzberry came to the large screens and terminals that displayed their rankings, there wasn't so much as a single student in sight. Weiss muttered some choice words about the standards of students dropping. Yang muttered some choice words about Weiss. Jean muttered, while Blake slumped against the nearby pillow, sliding a little down it before she found the perfect balance between standing and falling over. Team Jazzberry, ladies and gentlemen. Truly, a sight to behold. Where is it? Where is it? Weiss was already at the terminal, fingers flying across the holographic display as she looked for the records. A nearby screen flashed, bringing up a photo of Weiss that had clearly been taken by some kind of professional photographer. Oh, there it is. Alright, let's check theory first. The girl mumbled, bringing up a new screen. Yang whistled as she saw the score. 98 out of 100. Wise crowd. 98. <sighs> well done. You did good. How did I only get 98? Never mind. Yang glanced away as Rice ran it and looked through the comments left on her profile. Jean caught Yang's eye, sighing as though to say this is what he had to put up with. It was times like this which left her pleased that he was their leader and not wise. He was a useless leader, she wasn't going to lie, but at least he didn't drive them like slaves. I'll just have to improve next semester. I got 80 for practical, which isn't bad at all. Wise shook her head. Hmm, Imperius ranked first. Yang nodded at the leaderboard on a nearby wall, and there were two displayed, one for practical and one for theory. Pira's name was proudly displayed at the top of the practical one. Bias was the top of theory. Neither of those results surprised her, especially not the redhead's dominance over the ring. Well, I can't expect to be better than Pira Nikos. Weiss took her lower score on that better. What about you? Yang sighed and flicked her own scores out onto the screen. 76 on theory, good enough to place her in the top 30% or so, and a solid 89 for practical. Yang's eyes narrowed as she read the note on the ladder. <laughs> Needs to gain better control over her temper? Weiss read. Other than that, you're in the top five. Damn right, Yang thought to herself, quickly drawing up Ruby supports so she could take a look at those. She'd done that in Signal too, often taking Ruby aside for a talk if the girl let her comics and video games get in the way of her homework. Hmm. 68 for Fairy. And 74 and practical. Not bad at all, Rubes. She had placed above half the student body in both respects, which said a lot considering she was two years younger. What? Weiss's screech was loud enough to not only catch Yang's attention, but to startle Blake so badly that the girl collapsed besides the pillar. 
eyes darting left and right wildly as though she thought she was under attack. Jean? Yeesh, why scream? Or is it why scream? <laughs> no one laughed at her clever pun. Some people are still sleeping. Or had been. Not much chance on them still spinning asleep after that noise. Yang's eyes widened over to the screen as Weiss pointed at Jean's theoretical score. Yang blinked. Huh. How did you get a zero? Hmm. Maybe it's 100 and they forgot to add the other numbers. Jean nodded his head. Hmm. <laughs> uh, considering it says you didn't submit any of the work, I uh, wouldn't guess so. Yang read the note attached. The ways in which he could improve, it was one word, written in block, capital letters. TRY. Impossible! Why snap? I was there when you did your homework. I helped you with it. How did you not score any points? Oh, <laughs> that. Jean scratched his cheek. I felt really guilty to have cheated and, well, I didn't submit it. Yang, Blake and Weiss stared at him, each with varying degrees of disbelief. This was the man who tasered the balls of another student in a one versus one duel. It was a little late to start developing a conscience. What about the exams? Test conditions? We all had to do them. He was asleep. Blake answered before Jean could. Yang slapped a hand onto her forehead while Weiss ground her teeth together. I don't even think he even picked up a pen. I think his score pretty much confirms that. You. Weiss's voice sounded like a demon dragging itself from the depths. Jean was either oblivious or suicidal. For as her face rose, eyes almost seeming to glow, the idiot only cocked his head to the side and smiled. You absolute moron. You numbskull. You idiot. You... You... Yang watched as the girl's face turned an interesting shade of red. You will score better next time. He can't score much worse. Blake mumbled. You will score much better. You will score at least 75 or you will die trying. I can't believe you'd be this stupid. Do you have any idea what this is going to do to your reputation? Jean said something, but Yang wasn't listening. She was honestly curious herself, since she'd never heard of anyone ever getting a zero purposefully. It'd have to be being on purpose, of course, because even a child could have guessed the correct answer or two. Hell, some of it had been multiple choice. I swear. Weiss went on, back at the terminal. If your practical score is as low as that, we'll be training you until you snap in two. Yang wiggled her eyebrows at him, but he just raised one in return. Ah, right. Sex puns probably wouldn't have much effect on him. Her team was so lame at times. Yang glanced back at the terminal just as Weiss brought up his combat scores. Thus it was. She had a prime view to the moment when the heiress choked on air. Eh, <laughs> but, but? How? Well, Blake sounded as confused as Yang felt, but could at least form words. You got your wish, Weiss. It's higher than his theory. I impossible! Weiss snapped, flicking back out and again to see if it changed. It didn't. 
The glowing green digits forming the number 88 remain strong. Th this can't be possible. I'm dreaming. That's the only explanation for this. It just isn't possible that my partner scored zero on all his exams. And then worse? Managed to score more than me in combat classes? She sounded hysterical. But then again, Yang was a little shell-shocked too. She'd beaten him by a point. A single, measly point. Don't worry, Weiss. Jean stepped forward to place a comforting hand atop Weiss's head. One day, you grew up to be big and strong like me. His words didn't quite have the same effect. How? Weiss hissed, pushing his hand aside and elbowing him in the gut. Jean did his score proud, folding like a piece of paper and clutching his abdomen. I, I don't understand. According to this, he hasn't technically lost a single match. Blake said, His first attempt at forfeiting was counteracted by Miss Goodwitch, while his spar with Yang was called off. This means he has a perfect match history. But, 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 but? You and I, on the other hand, lost one match each and so we scored lower. But, but, but. Why search for the right word before giving up, turning around and pointing at Jean. But, but that! I didn't say it made much sense, so. It's only what his record here says. Jean's actually classed as the third strongest in our year. Right behind Yang and Pira. <laughs> well. Yang grinned. Looks like Team Blonde is going to be carrying us to the top, eh? <laughs> okay. Maybe she was stirring the pot a little. But she couldn't deny that watching Mount Weiss explode was amazing. I am stronger than Jean. Weiss growled. Not according to this, you're not. I'll prove it. Jean, get up. We need to spar right now. Um. He continued to clutch his stomach as Weiss poked his back with her boot. <sighs> He's still recovering, Weiss. Blake sighed as she stepped in to steer Weiss away from her partner. You won't be able to spar with him until next semester. Which means he's stronger than you this semester. Yang helpfully sniped. Yang. Blake glared as she had to suddenly try and hold Weiss back. You aren't helping. Yang grinned and reached down to help her leader up, supporting him with one arm. With the other, she cocked it by her ear, leaning forwards. What's that? It's hard to hear you guys from all the way up in the top three. Hey guys, how's it going? Ruby's voice travelled from over the academy entranceway, where the entire Team Ruben were coming from. You guys get your scores yet? Hell yeah! Let me tell you about them. Zhao Long. I will end you. She wanted to see if she could make Weiss froth at the mouth. Jean watched with hidden fondness as Ruby said her goodbyes to her team. Not her real team, but rather his team in a sense. Beacon's first semester had come to an end. The eight of them now arranged with so many others not within the school's grounds, but at a terminal in Vale, the point of which they parted ways for the week ahead. Were you cool tonight? Ruby whined, in that way that ensured the recipient would fold to her demands. Of course I will call tonight. 
Hira hugged the girl before stepping back, a content smile on her face. It was with a stab of jealousy that Jean realized just how happy she was on a team without him. Maybe he was reading into it. Maybe it was unfair. But it seems she did better with a partner who could be a friend and nothing more. No complications. Strange feelings or awkward conversations. Ruby giggled and ran up to Noah and Ren afterwards. Ren sighed but leaned down to accept a hug from her. Before Pira gasping as Nora wrapped her arms around both at once and nearly crushing them to death. No, they're so cute. Team hug. Yang cooed. She held her arms wide. Wise crossed hers, while Blake's eyes narrowed. Jean raised a brow until Yang's arms fell. <sighs> See, this is why our team isn't awesome. You will do your homework, right? Weiss asked, ignoring Yang entirely as she stared at Jean. He nodded in return. I will do it. He said. Weiss sighed. You won't do it. I won't do it. He admitted honestly. Yang laughed at the byplay. A whole week. She sighed. Do you think you'll be able to manage a week without us, Daddy? I'll do my best, though. I'm sure it will be a difficult time. Don't expect me to be calling you anytime soon, though. I'd be worried if you did. <laughs> Yang rolled her eyes before going over to surprise Blake with a hug from behind. How anyone hadn't figured out she was a cat fonts the first time was beyond him, since she reacted by hissing and trying to throw Yang off of her. John would have continued watching if it weren't for his arms suddenly being filled with a miniature huntress. See you soon, John. Ruby whispered, squeezing him as tight as she could. His arms settled around her waist without even thinking about it. Her smile seemed a little wider as she stepped back, her eyes a little brighter too. Even though it was what he wanted, it felt like there was something stuck in his throat. Now that he thought of it, this was the first time he could remember actually saying goodbye to any of them. It had never been an issue before, even during the holidays. Team Juniper had stuck together, and the only other times he had said goodbye was when his friends died. If this was how hard it was to let go for just seven days, then he dreaded to think what abandoning them would feel like. Look after yourself, Wise said as she walked up to him, holding one hand out. Not as touchy as Ruby, but he took it nonetheless. I hope you have a good holiday. You too, Wise. The grip tightened. Because when you return, it will be time to work on your theory score. Am I understood? Yeah, yeah. It looked like four hours or so wasn't enough time for her to cool down over his scores let alone the fact he'd beaten her in combat class. That had been a surprise to him too, since he'd be so sure Glinda would have failed him. I won the matches, but they're not just scored on that. She could have marked me down a lot more if she wanted to. Maybe it was just coincidence. Maybe it was Osman's way of balancing Jean's terrible theory. Maybe. Maybe it was Glinda's way of punishing him, since when Pyrrha had proven her strength, She'd been made to fight against entire teams on her own. He could only hope that that didn't happen to him. Blake appeared next, shrugging Yang off his shoulders before standing a few feet away from him. She didn't try to step closer, 
nor did she make a move to touch him in any way. But she did smile, and that was enough for him. Her smiles were rare at the best of times, especially the honest ones. Some silent words were exchanged between them, and he was reminded of what she had said when he pretended to be asleep in that hospital bed. Even at the time she'd known he was listening. What else was there to say? Oh my god. Yang Floyd stopped besides them. It feels like I'm on a team of weirdos. Hug me or I swear I will hurt you. She would too, if only to prove her point. John chuckled and put his arms on her back as she threw her arms around his neck. Golden hair tickled his neck, a scent of cinnamon and something else. Fresh like citrus. Warm air tickled his ear as she whispered, Thank you. What for? He kept his voice quiet, so low that only she could hear him. For proving me wrong. For saving our team. For throwing away his freedom. For failing in his plans. For putting himself in a worse position because he couldn't let Blake die. He wanted to say it was a mistake. That if he could reverse the clock but a few days, he would change it. But he wouldn't. Yang pulled back, smiled as wide as could be as she held out her arms and approached Wise in what could only be called a threatening manner. Wise tried to make a break for it, only to yelp as Yang proved to be faster. <laughs> Have a good holiday, Wise. Yang crowned, hugging the girl tight and swinging her left to right. Make sure you drink lots of milk so you can go strong enough to actually put up a fight against me and Jean. He smiled at them all, in a moment where they weren't watching. Not his team, or rather not his real team, and yet somehow as close as. It was with a heavy heart that he watched them part one final time. Lingering glances and waves goodbye. Part of him commented that it would be okay, that he would see them again in a week. Another part of him reminded that such was a bad thing. But as he watched them leave, and in a direction Blake had travelled in particular, Jean's eyes were instead captured by a set of different people, an array of blonde hues, some dark, others light. With eyes that ranged from blues to greens and greys, he huffed lightly, feeling a wide grin slip across his face. They'd probably been waiting for him to finish, watching from the outskirts. He pushed through the crowds towards them, people whining and cursing as they got in his way. He still hadn't told them the truth hadn't found the right way to do so. They would be angry for sure, but he wanted to confront them one at a time, handle each family member on their own, so that it wouldn't devolve into some terrible argument. He just needed to find the best way to explain what had happened. Which was why when he approached and his father pushed his scroll onto Jean's face, his good mood didn't quite survive. Beacon Teen Fort's terrorist attack, the headline ran, a front page article of some scroll based newspaper. The editorial was no doubt filled with details and conspiracy theories, but it was the crystal clear image that made him pause. Because it was him, being bundled into the back of a medical bullhead, injured, bloodied, but recognizable all the same. Interesting way to stay out of trouble, Nicholas said. Jean swallowed. Now that he looked at them properly, not a one seemed pleased to see him. Expressions ranged from anger, amber, to horrified, juniper. 
and various ranges of sympathy, grief, and sorry in between. <laughs> um, you should have seen the other guy? <laughs>